By the heart one believes and is justified. And by the heart we are captured and captivated by art, uh, such as film. Welcome back to the By the Heart podcast, where we analyze our favorite movies. And we specifically talk about how every great story is full of gospel themes. I'm back with my co-host, Sean Lally. What's up, Sean? What's going on? Uh, really excited about today's podcast, today's episode. It's been really fun thinking about and um, talking about different ways that we can see the nuance and subtlety of gospel-themed art. The gospel is the good news that Jesus uh, died on the cross for the sins of the world so that by faith alone, if you believe in him as Lord, you will be saved. You can have life everlasting. And we believe that uh, the, the subtlety of the gospel permeates every great piece of art. So we're going to get right into it. The movie of today is Crazy Stupid Love. One of my all-time favorite rom-coms. It is a great rom-com. Might be my favorite rom-com. Crazy Stupid Love? I don't know. Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore have some good ones, but this one's incredible. All right. Crazy Stupid Love, 50 First Dates, mm. or uh, Jack and Jill. <laughs> <laughs> Battle Royale, Fight to the Death. What's that? I'm just saying that's what this, the category is. Yeah. Battle Royale, Fight to the Death. Those three movies. Uh-huh. I think Jack and Jill is gone. Yeah. Jack and Jill's gone. That was a joke. Yeah. I know. 50 First Dates. But if it was down to those two? Yeah. It'd be tough. I don't know who I'd pick. Crazy, crazy stupid love for me. Yeah. I think it's a better produced movie. My favorite romantic movie, rom-drom or rom-com, is About Time. That's a great movie. With Dom Hale Gleason and Rachel McAdams. Mm. I also love The Notebook. The Notebook is great. But the first time I saw Crazy Stupid Love, I remember being just captivated by it. It was so good. The, the stuff that you're blind to throughout the movie that comes together at the end is amazing. The little humor, the big humor... The romance is great. Yeah, it's just a great movie. It's fun. It's fun. It's got Michael Scott, a.k.a. Steve Carell, as the main character. Um, it's directed by Glenn Ficarra and John Riqua. John Riqua, and, our boy. Yeah, John Riqui, is I think is what we've been calling mm-hmm. him. Um, Crazy Stupid Love. It's about a middle-aged husband's life. It changes dr- dramatically when his wife asks him for a divorce. He seeks to rediscover his manhood with the help of a newfound friend, Jacob, learning to pick up girls at bars. Yep. Uh, on the rewatch, I kind of forgot that it's pretty much a sad movie. It's a very sad movie. I think I told you I hadn't rewatched it in about five years, and I think the reason is because it's it's a heavy movie. It's much heavier than I I really thought that it was just a super funny movie. Yeah, don't get me wrong. The comedy is incredible in this, but... It's heavy. It's hard to watch. There are a lot of themes, a lot of themes in this movie that are uh, a little bit tougher to get through when I'm looking at it through the lens of gospel theme moments, mm-hmm. when I'm not just watching it for entertainment. Um, it was kind of a struggle to watch some parts. Yeah, there were parts that were tough to watch. I think at this point, we've all been through a breakup or two, and you kind of remember the scars of those relationships, and you see those. They pull them out very well. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, so the the format of our podcast is that we go through five different categories. We do a character study and we look at the the defining gospel theme moments of the characters. Um, we look at the time where we can pee. 
This is when, if you're at the movie theater, the time you can get up because you had too much to drink, uh, you can get up and go to the bathroom because you're not going to miss too much. And then the gospel quotes. These are the quotes in the movie that remind us of gospel themes. We have the Jimmy V category. This is the category where uh, Jim Valvano said, to have a full day, you need to laugh, think, and cry. So these are the moments in the movie that makes us laugh, think, and cry. And then our last category is by the heart. This is the moment or the moments in the movie that actually captures our heart as enticing and um, what makes the movie fun for us and makes us want to rewatch it over yeah, and over absolutely. again. That's why we love movies. That's why we love art. It captures our heart. Yep, for sure. Um, let's go ahead and get into it. Our gospel theme moments. Diving in. In the character study, we're going to look at four characters uh, we have Cal, who's played by Steve Carell, Jacob, played by Ryan Gosling, Emily, played by Julianne Moore, and Hannah, by Emma Stone. Let's start with Cal, Steve Carell. All right. Diving in. Steve Carell's best, his best role is definitely Michael Scott on The Office. I don't think it's a debate. Okay, but what's Steve Carell's best movie? This might be it. Dan in Real Life? Dan in Real Life is excellent. Foxcatcher. Foxcatcher. That one's that's a hard watch. That's a Foxcatcher is a hard watch. Don't know if I recommend that. To I don't know about Foxcatcher, but <laughs> it's good. I mean, I think he, he did a really good job, but it's odd. He's pretty great in the Big Short. He's excellent in the Big Short. Cusses a lot. Yeah, he says a few choice words. A lot of curse words. Yeah, uh, but Steve Carell, obviously, as Michael Scott. I think Michael Scott's the greatest character in the history of TV. Um, everything he does is hilarious. Every rewatch of The Office is funny. I think it's incredible that The Office is not only funny to the people when we were in high school, it was funny, but now young high schoolers are watching it and they still think it's hilarious. Yeah, it's just because it, Michael Scott is that good. It's timeless. He's timeless. He makes some of the, he makes the most awkward and crude jokes seem funny and not inappropriate. Could not be made in 2020. Couldn't, no. <laughs> it would not age well. So in Crazy Stupid Love, Cal plays. Uh, the main character, Steve Carell plays the main character, Cal, as the father, uh, the main father in, in the story. So far, all we know about him in the beginning is that he has two young kids, and his wife, played by Julianne Moore, uh, is just very unhappy with his life. Uh, very unhappy with um, that, their family, and pretty much five minutes into the movie, she asks him for a divorce, right? Mm -hmm. It might be less. It's not. The Might opening like scene is they're at seconds. dinner. Yeah, it's, they're, they're at dinner. John Legend's playing in the background. And all the other couples are enjoying their night out. And he's wearing his white New Balance sneakers <laughs> with his pants that are too big and don't really fit that well. And he's completely unaware of it. And then she just kind of comes out with it. Yeah. I want a divorce. I think they were going to say, um, on three, they were going to talk about what they wanted for dessert. And he, <laughs> yeah. he said creme brulee, and she said a divorce. Um so, Cal, I, I think some of his gospel theme moments, he becomes apathetic. Yeah. Uh, he stopped living his life by momentum. He says that, that he became stagnant. And if you become stagnant, you die. We're not meant to live a life that's not full of momentum. Yeah. Um, we lose our relationships. We lose our, our jobs. We lose um, our friendships when we're not living a life full of momentum. Absolutely. If we're if we're just apathetic going through life, uh, like you know, just trying to get to the next day out of boredom and apathy, uh, 
doesn't doesn't go very well. Um, he lost grip on his wife, and he lost grip on his family, and it derailed him. Now his wife didn't make the the right gospel decision, but no, no. she definitely could feel that he had lost her a grip on reality. Yeah. Um, also, Cal ends up becoming a womanizer uh, because of Jacob, which is pretty much the main story of the movie is that Cal gets broken up with with his wife and then he goes to this random bar, which doesn't look like a bar. It looks like an upscale club. Yeah, it looks like a pretty chill upscale club. And he goes to the bar and he is... Uh, just griping about David Lindhagen, <laughs> who was the the other guy in the relationship. And um, while he's there, he meets Jacob, who is another main character, who's played by Ryan Gosling. And Jacob is a womanizer. Yeah. That's what he does. He, yes. And Jacob t- teaches Cal how to essentially pick up women. Yep. And Cal becomes a womanizer because of Jacob. And I think this is a gospel-themed moment because the film is about the fact that being a womanizer didn't solve any of his problems. Right. I think the lure of debauchery actually led him to more depression and more sadness. Yeah, the short-term satisfaction of sleeping with beautiful women, he admits it. Yeah. It, yeah, it's not satisfying. It didn't do anything for him. Like I said, no. as I'm looking at this character study, it's, it's pretty much a sad movie. Yeah. Every theme of this movie is, uh, it's not really based in redemption. It's, it's much more based in the sadness of rejection. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from really uh, Jacob later, everybody deals with rejection. Yeah. And I think what's hard about this movie is it does such a good job of showing how you can influence someone to be attracted to you. Yeah. It does such a good job. If you look at the things that Gosling does, it's like, yeah, I remember watching it for the first time and even just rewatching it thinking, oh, those are great things. That's a great way to dress. That's a great looking haircut. Those are great sunglasses. That's a great response. That's a great question to ask. Like, those are all things that people enjoy. But if that's really the, the root of who you are, it, it's not going to be satisfying. Yeah. Solving your problems by becoming uh, a better quote-unquote quote unquote better version of you mm-hmm. is it's just going to lead to different problems that are yep. based in sadness and rejection and depression and um yeah when we get to the quotes i think we learn that for sure um you have anything else on cal on cal i thought the one thing that i did enjoy about him was that he fights for his wife for the one that he loves and he's devoted his life to uh, and it's a beautiful example, albeit, you know, a movie of a husband's devotion to his wife and the recognition that he, he, he does recognize that he's not perfect. Yeah. And he does admit fault. And we talked about that a little bit, what he said he did. And he kind of lived an apathetic life where he kind of just stopped trying. He stopped living by faith, stopped believing. He just kind of fell into the routine. So I do, I do appreciate that it shows someone who's willing to fight for their spouse. Because I, I think so often in our culture, we have people who are just apathetic and want to just give up and they're willing to move on. Yeah, and I think you're right about that. And we draw our strength from Jesus. The only way that we can actually fight for our spouses uh, correctly is being led by the Lord. Um, mm-hmm. He gives us a strength that we couldn't have on our, on our own. And he gives us a peace that surpasses understanding so that when times get really rough, you can pursue your spouse mm-hmm. out of love instead of 
ignoring them out of apathy, which is a very common trend, mm -hmm. even in the Christian world. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, let's move on. We've got Jacob, played by Ryan Gosling. Is Ryan Gosling in Crazy Stupid Love better looking than Orlando Bloom <laughs> in Pirates of the Caribbean? Yeah. He is. I think he is. Oof. Yeah, he's got like, he has the CrossFit muscles in it, the back. It looks like he went to work out with a CrossFit trainer for like seven months before this movie. I think his eyebrows are a little uh, a, uh, asymmetrical. Huh. So uh, I'm going to give it to Orlando Bloom. But wow. Orlando Bloom's hat in Pirates of the Caribbean. Ooh, that hat. Terrible. <laughs> um, what do you think Ryan Gosling's... What is your favorite Ryan Gosling movie? That'd be my question. My favorite Ryan Gosling movie? Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's a really good question. This might be it. Wow. That's really good. I'm trying to... Off the top of my head, I'm thinking of this. I'm thinking of Remember the Titans. What else we got? What are some other Gosling nominations? The Notebook. The Notebook is excellent. Uh, out that the beard. Place Beyond the Pines. Place Beyond the Pines is a very underrated movie. Super, it's so long, though. It's long. It's a little depressing, but it's well done, and Gosling's incredible. Gosling is incredible in that. Drive. Drive. That's a weird one. I don't think he says fan. five words in Drive. Yeah, it's very strange. This Blue, might be Gosling's. Blue Valentine. One. The Ides of March. The Ides of March. I'm pretty surprised. You guys would think that I have notes up right now, but these are all coming off the top of the dome. We're just rolling with it. Wow. Uh, What's the one you did with Russell Crowe? Where it's a comedy about cops. That movie is hilarious. Cops. He's a private FBI, investigator. Yeah, private Eye. Uh, what's that called? I get the other guys. I think it's called. No, that's. It's not Mark the Walden. other guys. It's the good oh, guys. The good guys. That's a really funny movie. I a little inappropriate, but it's. Really it's a little funny. inappropriate. Uh, I think I'm going to stall and figure out what the name of it actually is. I'm pretty sure you've got it on there. I think that was right. The uh, good guys. No, I don't think it is. Good guys. It is the nice guys. Ah, ah, that was wrong. La La Land? How did we forget oh, La La Land? La La Land. Goodness. Blade Runner? Blade Runner. Wait, is it just called Blade Runner? Or is it Blade, Blade Runner 2049? Oh. Because it's the next one. Yeah, it was okay. I mean, I there's definitely was. nothing going on in that movie. I mean, it's. I think you need to rewatch it. It's great. It's got good cinematography, as they might say. Take some time and rewatch it. All right, so we have Jacob, played by Ryan Gosling. Uh, I, I wrote down that he's the best looking guy ever. Yeah. I promise we're not into guys. <laughs> no. For anyone uh, curious right now, nope. Just not, not into guys. The same way that you can't <laughs> deny Orlando Bloom, you can't deny Ryan Gosling. <laughs> um, some of his gospel theme moments. Uh, we see Jacob's character the whole time is searching for happiness. He, he is a womanizer. This is what he does. I mean, they make it very clear that he gets... He gets to go home with a different girl every single night. But we also learn that he spends his entire fortune on everything uh, that he can just to find happiness. And he reveals, uh, in my, I'm going to talk about it in my quotes, but he reveals that he's not happy. And uh, the plethora of women and the plethora of things have not satisfied his hunger yeah. for something. Mm-hmm. Um, he wants to be satisfied, and he's not. And I think that's, I mean, that's just what it means to be human. We're all searching for happiness. We're all searching for purpose. We're all searching for something to worship. And so often we put something else in place of where we ought to put God. Mm -hmm. um, Romans chapter 1 talks about one of the main dangers of being a human is worshiping the created rather than the creator. And 
That's what Jacob's doing, and it's falling flat. He keeps putting all that he has into the created, whether that's um, the beautiful women or whether that's the things he can amass with his fortune, and they don't satisfy. Um, then later on in the movie, I think another one of his defining gospel themes is that he does find freedom in a relationship. I mean, this is kind of the, the turning point of the movie is when he meets a girl that he doesn't want to just have sex with. Um, he ends up wanting to love her and figure out who she is and give her dignity and humanize her. And when both of it, and that's Hannah played by Emma Stone, and when both of them are in the relationship together, um, they're free to be who they really are supposed to be. Yeah. Um, Which is what we're all looking for. Yeah. And I think that's that's a beautiful picture of what happens when you enter a relationship with Jesus. He doesn't put constraints on your life. He frees you to be who you're supposed to be. Yeah. Um, he satisfies all of your hunger, and he fulfills all of your unfulfillment. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's just the story of Christianity, really. Yeah. You have anything else on Jacob? Nope, nothing on Jacob. All right, let's move on. We got Emily, played by Julianne Moore. Okay, uh, what's your favorite Julianne Moore movie? <laughs> off the top of the head. I don't even know if I could name one off the top Still of the head. Still Alice? Have you seen that? I don't even know what that is. She plays a early onset Alzheimer's patient who is a professor, I think, at Stanford or UCLA. Oh, wow. Never it's a pretty great that. movie. Um, I think another Julianne Moore movie is, uh, yeah, I can't think of any others. I don't know. She was the bad person in The Second Kingsman. Ooh, it was okay. Never saw it. Yeah, I wouldn't spend time on it. Still Alice. If you're a Julianne Moore fan, you need to watch Still Alice. It was a great movie. I'll look into it. Um, what do you have on Emily? On Emily? Um, well, you see whatever she saw, whatever she saw through her lens, through her perspective, that was going to satisfy her. It simply didn't. She thought she was in a moment where she wasn't satisfied with the consistent home that she was living in with her loving husband and her seemingly good kids and her reliable, nice car, the American dream that so many people want, and she wasn't satisfied. So she looked to something else for satisfaction in David Lindhagen, played by Kevin Bacon. Yeah. And you can see throughout the entire movie, he's super interested in her, and she's just not interested because what she longs for is something else. She's longing for something the entire movie. And I think that just shows what we all have. We all have that issue. Yeah, and, and the movie ends with like a semblance of hope, but really doesn't end on a super positive note. No, it does not. It really, it ends like, hey, this is going to be hard. Life is difficult. And you can see that um, Emily looks out for old number one. Uh, she thinks the way to solve her own inner dissatisfaction is to div divorce Cal. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't work. Nope. She thinks the way to solve her own inner dissatisfaction, at one point she said to go to a movie by herself. And mm -hmm. it didn't work. Nope. To try to date David Linhagen, it didn't work. Nope. Um, and this is very prevalent to our day and age. Uh, divorce is what people use as a problem solver. And uh, I think the statistics are pretty clear that it doesn't, for most of the time, it doesn't solve problems. Nope. Giving up on your relationships don't solve the issue. Um, Tim Keller said, if you do nothing but urge people to look out for number one, you will be setting them up for a future failure in any relationship, especially marriage. And we just, I think it's funny that our first romantic movie is the one that kind of shows us the humanization of 
um, self-satisfying attempt. Yep. Um, the gospel is that you can't satisfy yourself. And it's only the strength that Jesus gives that can help us persevere in our relationships. Mm-hmm. I um, think she's an amazing example of that. Because yeah. the movie, this movie doesn't happen if she, as the character, doesn't cheat on her husband and yeah. doesn't want a divorce. Yep, she and fights for it. She even admits immediately after the divorce, while they're ta- or the divorce discussion, while they're in the car before Cal just <laughs> opens the door and rolls out of the car, she admits that like it, it really isn't about David Linhagen. Yeah, it's about I'm not happy and yeah. I don't know what. She doesn't have an answer. She mm-hmm. just knows that at least for right now she doesn't want to be with Cal. Yeah, and that's got to be super tough for Cal to hear. Um, yeah, I think so many people go through that. All right, let's move on. We got Hannah, played by Emma Stone. Mm-hmm. Best Emma Stone movie. Zombieland? La La Land. Super bad? <laughs> Super bad. I didn't, she was amazing in La La Land, but I think Gosling stole the show in that one. I kind of forgot that Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling are a love interest in La La Land, too. Yeah, yeah. Oof. Easy A, have you seen that? I've seen bits and pieces of it. I've never sat down to watch the entire thing through. Uh, it's kind of funny. It's not the best movie of all time. Yeah, I thought it was a little inappropriate, isn't it? Well, I think they kind of make fun of Christianity in a way that's pretty uncomfortable. So I don't really like that. But uh, she's kind of funny in it. Um, I'll think about it. Yeah, maybe don't watch Easy A. <laughs> um, watch something else. Watch Crazy Stupid Love. Crazy Stupid Love. That's Great what you movie. should watch. Uh, I actually, in the rewatch, I kind of thought that her character was a little underdeveloped. Um, she she doesn't really have like great character development. No. She's just... Uh, I don't know if she needs to, though. I think she kind of just plays the role. Yeah, I think that's why maybe she's not... I wouldn't call her a main character. Yeah, but... Man, I don't know. That's tough. That is tough. I do think she's used... Like, she is used in a really important piece... I agree. And her gospel theme to me is that it's by her true, pure love that Jacob goes from unfulfilled to on the road to recovery. Yeah. And ultimately, uh, the gospel theme is that Jesus, his true, pure love given to us by faith is what leads us to recovery. But because of his good grace, when the next relationship down is with someone that you love, um, specifically your spouse... Uh, and they are leading out of a gospel-centered way, their love also leads you down a road to recovery. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why it's so important to have equally yoked hearts and minds. Yep. Um, What else? Did you have any thoughts on her from there? I didn't necessarily agree. I don't think it's a great parallel, but I I admire her faith to jump into something different. She leaves her boyfriend at the time who she thought was going to propose to her after she passed the bar exam, and all he does is offer her a job, and he gives some terrible speech about like long term and he like throws his hand up in a linear projection um but her her ability to just say i'm done with this i'm gonna go jump into something else um her ability to do that i thought was pretty awesome because people are often terrified to live by faith and they either end up crippled by fear or they dip their toes in the water and end up settling in indifference and i looked at that from a biblical perspective with biblical lens on and you see people that Jesus approaches, and the people who jump in, the people who follow Jesus's call, have a life of satisfaction, have a life that's that's transformed. Mm-hmm. And she does have a life that's transformed in the short term that we see, because she does make that faithful jump. Um, obviously, we know there's 
that's not going to be a perfect situation. There's likely to be an issue down the road or many issues um, to jump in with a guy who was a womanizer. But yeah, that's, I think what I was encouraged by was her faith, her, I admire her faith to just jump into a different lifestyle. All right, our second category, time to pee. Al, did you have one? Uh, my only time to pee is don't go pee during this movie. It's too good. It's it, too good. It moves too fast, and the small, quick humor is just way too enjoyable in this. Yeah. Don't go pee during this movie. Don't go pee during, like, three quarters of the way through this movie. No, for sure. There's, like, four surprises that uh, you can't miss, but you'll probably hear about them. So, yeah. Anyway, we'll keep moving on. By the Heart Podcast, sponsored by nobody. Music this time? Still no music. Oh, no music. Transition? No transition. Okay. And no sponsorship. Oh, no Chick-fil-A. All right, our third category, gospel theme quotes. Al, what do you have? Yeah, these are the quotes that remind us of gospel themes in the movie. It's pretty cool because they're not trying to remind us of gospel themes, but that's what we know about Jesus is that he permeates everything. Mm -hmm. um, Jacob is in bed with Hannah, and he realizes that she's not just some woman to womanize or to objectify. And he says to her, I'm wildly unhappy, and I'm trying to buy it, and it's not working. And that's just such a great quote. Um, yeah, you can't buy your happiness, and it doesn't happen. Uh, doesn't work. The only way to true happiness is through true joy, and the only way to true joy is through relationship with our Creator God. Yeah, and up to this point, you've been sold throughout the entire movie that he is satisfied and that he is happy. Yeah, they do a great job of showing his mask. Yeah, and I think we all, uh, so many people wear masks like that. They might seem happy for a period of time or they might not show you their vulnerability and how not satisfied they are. Yeah, what about your quote? My quote was, towards, was at the end when Michael Scott's given, helping his son through a speech. He says to his wife, I don't know what's going to happen, but I can promise you this, I will never stop trying. And I think, again, that's just a gospel-themed quote of a man who's not going to stop trying to pursue his wife. Yeah, that's great. Um, I don't, he, there's a lot of, there could be a lot of depth to that. You could pull a lot out of it, but I don't really think there's much to pull out because it's so straightforward and to the point. Yeah, he's willing to fight. I'd say the big thing is that outside of a relationship with Christ and outside of a marriage that's united in Christ, you really don't know what's going to happen. It might not work out. That's going to be really hard. But together in Christ, that's something that you both can look towards and you can pray that God works that out and works out your differences. And you have a lot of hope there. Yeah. And that leads me to my quote, my last quote, which is from Cal's son, who tells him earlier in the movie, if you love her dad, then go get her back. Mm -hmm. And in Christ, we're able to walk toward the hard relationships out of love instead of away from them. Without Christ, we live with grudges and with pains. And um, I think that's so true. If you actually love someone uh, through Christ, you can, you can pursue them, even when it really sucks. Mm -hmm. All right, we've got our Jimmy V categories, the moments where we laughed, thought, and cried. Um, I've got a bunch of times where I laugh. I just name them pretty quickly for you. 
when he finds out about David Lindhagen and goes to the bar, and I'm pretty sure he says David Lindhagen 50 times. <laughs> and everyone around him is very annoyed because he doesn't fit in. No. And he's just miserable talking about his wife cheating on him. I think the funniest moment of this movie, though, is, and it's really subtle, he gets a new apartment, his babysitter comes over, and his babysitter says, the place is nice, Mr. Weaver. And he responds, thanks. That's a very generous adjective. My laugh for the movie, which I think is the best scene in the movie, objectively. Yeah. It's set up and written about as well as anything I've ever watched. Okay. I think. The audience has no idea that all of these worlds are about to collide. Uh Uh-huh. You have no idea that Steve Carell's daughter is Hannah. You have no idea that Gosling or Jacob is about to go meet Emily and Cal. You have no idea that these are about to collide. And they come together. Oh, and then by the way, um, this teenage girl who's obsessed with Cal and has not told Cal is about to come over and watch her dad tackle Cal (laughs) and potentially murder him because he thinks he's sleeping with his daughter. Yeah. It's just a great, it's hilarious how everything collides at the same time. I've never seen anything written like that before. When I saw this movie in the theater and that happened, I think I was possibly crying of laughter. Yeah, I remember watching this. I saw this in the Dollar Theater because you told me I have to go watch it. As a broke college kid, I wasn't going to go to the Regal and watch it in Lynchburg. (laughs) But I was going to go to the Dollar Theater. Went to the Dollar Theater and watched it. I don't remember with who, may have been you, may have not. Dying laughing. Then telling my dad, Dad, you have to watch this movie. And with him watching him recognize what's going on and watching him cry laughing it's such a beautifully written scene yeah it's great um so our my think let's move on to the think mm-hmm. uh cal said it's the thing that you said earlier but cal said that he would never stop fighting for his wife mm-hmm. and it, i just was thinking about you know will i have that sort of god uh given strength when times get really tough yeah Prayerfully. Yeah, that's great. Mine is that, I, for me, when we were in college watching this, um, just made me rethink relationships. The whole movie did. I remember that specifically. My approach to seeking a woman, my approach to what actually matters in a relationship, and my perspective on what I should truly value in someone else and in myself. What should I value? What should I create as the non-negotiables for a relationship? Yeah, that's good. Uh, and then... Uh, for me, being a child of divorce, my cry is that just the divorce hit me in the feels. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, I would say that scene when they are going to parent-teacher conferences and Cal just lays out his heart for Emily, knowing the women that he's slept with have not satisfied his hurting of this divorce. Uh, the comedy of the scene kind of masks it for a second when they walk into the conference yeah. and, the te- and he realizes the teacher is the person he hooked up with, one of the women he's hooked up with. But it quickly goes back to Cal and Emily having this tearful discussion about Cal's recent past and Cal admits that the women he slept with have not satisfied him. And then Cal just stands there in a really cliche drama-filled moment in the rain, leaning against his car, which is so not Steve Carell. It looks like it should have been Gosling in that one, but it's goofy Steve Carell. Yeah. And it's it made me laugh, but it's necessary and it hurt. Yeah. This like like we said before, this movie brings a lot more pain to it than I originally remembered. Yeah. Um, but they bring it in that way because it humanizes relationships it makes them feel real um some rom-coms don't this one really made it feel like real life yep um so let's move on to our very last category by the heart this is the moments 
that we were captured by this movie, what made us really love it. Um, uh, I, th- I think that the movie moves so quickly mm-hmm. uh, that you're kind of just captured the whole time. Yep. I remember the time where I was like, man, this movie went from good to great is whenever Jacob and Hannah are in his house and they both realize that it's going to be more than just a hookup. They have real affection for each other. And uh, they ended up uh, having just a conversation the entire night. Uh, it captivated me because of the apparent fulfillment and connection that happens rather than just cheap hookup. And, mm-hmm. I mean, that's as gospel as it gets, that real intentional relationships are fulfilling. Yeah. And short-term satisfactions aren't. No. You have any by the hearts? Mine by the hearts. I'm, I remember watching it and seeing Jacob forcing a complete new style on Cal. That entire scene is comedy from the moment he makes fun of him for everything he's wearing to the moment that he throws his new balance <laughs> off the second story of the mall. Uh, that's great. Like, I was gripped by that because it was funny. Um, but the heartbreak between Cal and Emily is, is really gripping. Like, yeah. that's, you're kind of in for that because you hope for them and you want to see restoration and you want to see them work out. But it's, it's hard, but it's gripping. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, it's a great movie. It's I thought it was going to be a very a much lighter movie than it was, but I'm happy that we rewatched it. I'm happy we got to do this. Remember, uh, Jesus is Lord, and He's the only uh, ultimate relationship satisfier that there is. Um, if you're curious if you should fight for your relationship uh, with Christ, yes, you should. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I would just remind you that. Um, there is a strength that comes from the Lord that comforts you in uh, the worst of moments when it comes to relationships. Uh, Remember to subscribe and uh, send it to your friend. Send it to the people that you don't like. And maybe next time around, uh, we'll go ahead and talk about Terminator Salvation. Mm, Got it on the list. All right, see you guys. Later.